Okay, cool. All right, well, we're here with, uh, with Nick this time. Um, say hello, Nick. Hello. So it's me, Nick, me, Keith, my Nick, and Matt. Hey, yeah. Um, so Nick's here to talk to us today. Just tell us a bit more about him, um, to talk about his background and the way he likes to train and what else he likes to do. Uh, we had myself and Matt spoke originally, our first one, Nick. This is our third one now. Uh, just a bit about the company, just a background. A bit about the philosophy and what we kind of what we want to do. Um, we went off on a few other tangents here and there, so hopefully it's interesting for people to listen to. Uh, so last time we had Chris on, he was just talking about the schools, the outdoor club, uh, sort of his his take on training the youth and uh, what way to take them through their training programs. So uh, if you want to just start, maybe just tell people sort of what is your background, where you're from, how long you've been in Dubai, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, uh, I was born in Montreal, Canada, uh, French-speaking, did sports my whole life. Um, I've always been, like I was telling you earlier, uh, I wasn't like born as the best athlete, but I've always been really competitive. I don't know if it's because of growing up with my younger brother, and we always competed, everything, computer games, sports, like, you know, so, so it's just like, I always wanted to be the best one in sports, so I would do extra training and everything like that to to be the fastest or the best one on the football team or anything. So uh, that was that's how I grew up. We moved to the States. I started running track when I was 13 uh, to make friends and everything. Uh, I remember the school Olympics, I came in fourth, but then... In what? In, in, in uh, 100 meters. Right? So like... Nobody remembered me after that, but I knew, <laughs> you know, all those Americans were like, oh, this French guy from Canada. Wait, so what was it? Did you say the school Olympics? Yeah, you know, the, you don't have that in the, I don't think so. We have, uh, I don't know, in, in United States and in Canada, we have usually before the summer vacation, we have this day with school Olympics, we run the 100, like, you know, you have a track usually, mm, yeah. 100, there'll be like the 1500, maybe long jump, depending on what they have, javelin, shot put. And like you no, have, it's just your school, or it's loads of schools. No, just your school usually. Ah, okay. And then uh, yeah, like a sports day. We had yeah, a sports day, but like sports day, right? yeah, and it was like for Fizet also, so you had to push yourself. Right. For a few weeks, you'd have like. <laughs> so you came forth in in sports day. Is yeah. That yeah. Yeah. And nobody remembered me. Well, I mean, you know, but like to me, like it was like okay. I, I'm not bad at that, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. I can kind of run, and then uh, and then when I moved back, nobody remembered me. That's what's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was I was 14. The traumatic. And then I moved back, but you know, it's all about the timing. Like I moved back to uh, to Canada with my family when I was 14, and then it just happened basically that when I moved back to Canada, um, the there was a teacher there at my school, my high school. He started working there the same year that I came back. And he was an ex-sprinter. He loved sprinting. And he was just starting to coach this other guy called, called Nick, Nick McCrisnaris, who had a lot of potential. He would eventually become, two or three years later, the Canadian champion in 100 meter. So my coach, Sylvain, basically, when he started the school, he started a track program. So the same year that I, I moved back to Montreal. So I joined the program. I was passionate about it. I became the captain, fastest guy at school for the next three years. And yeah, that was uh, that was the beginning of it. And like we would train, you know, like two or three times a week with the team. I would do another three sessions by myself. Uh, do that's what I started doing: Just weightlifting, sprinting. sprinting, and then weightlifting also. Mm. You know, it's all about like little things, like who I started training with, and like who happened to be there. Like 
the national champion for weightlifting. She'd been national champion for the past 12 years, and she was training at a high school, like five minutes away from my place. So that's how I learned weightlifting. With the same coach, those people, I competed for like two years, moved back to the States with my family, uh, ran track, was named MVP, all that stuff, fastest guy in what school, was your, captain. What was your, uh, what's your best? You know, 100 meters you ran? <laughs> yeah, 100 to like 400. What's your bet? What are your times? What's your PB? So it's always a story of the 100. I, uh, I ran 11.5 in high school, uh, 22.5 I think in the 200, and 50.5 in the 400. All indoors because my last year of high school I started struggling. No, no, that was that was in New York. That was in New York last year of high school. Uh, there's a fast track where all the national you know, championships were held in uh, New York. It's called the Armory. And uh, but the thing is, after that I started struggling with injuries. And after that last year of high school, I never ran as fast, basically. So even when I went back to go to McGill University, I studied kinesiology there. I, uh, I dealt a lot with like hip flexor injuries and then hamstrings and so... Classic sprinter injuries, right? Yeah, and, and like, you know, it, it's it's competitive like thing. So like you want to make, I was like fourth or fifth fastest in school. So let's say I wanted to be on the relay team. So you come back from the injury, you push yourself a bit too much, too fast. Hurt, hurt yourself yeah, again. Yeah, as well. You don't really go yeah. through a rehab program. And like, there's so many things, yeah, that I, I wish I had known. Like, yeah, training, rehab, nutrition. Also, I had no idea how to eat. You know, I <laughs> just eat everything. Yeah. Uh, like supplements. Also, like there was like one guy taking creatine. Like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, this yeah, guy's cheating. I just so much like steroids, man. Yeah. Like, I remember there's so much research on creatine back then. I was like, hey, is this a safe or this and that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so then I was passionate about that. I worked as uh, while I was in McGill. I started working as a trainer also uh, uh, downtown Montreal. So I got lucky also there. Just met the right guy. Some like at breakfast one day through a friend. He was the owner of basically the biggest gym downtown Montreal. So he introduced me. I got a job there. I uh, started working as a trainer when I was 19. Everybody else was already at least 26 or something there. So I learned a lot from there. And then uh, one of the guys I made friends with, he was a strength conditioning coach for the professional American football team in Montreal. So that's where I learned a lot of strength conditioning stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, I've always been oriented towards athletes because of my background and people I, like we always athletes are probably the best people to work with right you tell them do this do that and they'll do everything that you tell yeah. them and they'll see results except, if you know if you know what you're talking about except from an injury perspective yeah, yeah. you guys are the most fragile you guys are like oh man i got a cold today i'm not yeah. going to run <laughs> sorry for doing an accent but that's you but like i like god in saint mary's in our university there's a lot of athletes yeah. there's, there's a track in the center of the of the universe everything around the track yeah the whole campus and uh, a lot of the scholarship sports people were um track athletes and god it would like you go to all right mate how's it going Oh man, I've got a cold. My shoulder's a little tricky. My, my, yeah, always being mad. My toes like, oh, yeah. you know, like if, if it's not. And I understand it because in, in athletics, you're competing for the thousandth of a second, yeah. and you're competing for the mil, the extra millimeter, or the long or high, yeah. or, or, or in distance when you're throwing. So I sort of get that, like it, from a rehab perspective, it, it, when I speak to the re, the physios that deal with athletes, they're like. In a football team, when you've got 20 guys, mm -hmm. 
you can put your player back on the pitch around about the right time yeah. and he's got a whole other team of people that are going to like do the job with him so yeah. he doesn't need to be 100% he can be 98 99% mm-hmm. whereas in athletics you're going to know you're going to know your guy's not 100% because yeah. he used to run what did you say he did level 5 in your yeah. best now he's, he's like 12 5 yeah. or he's and that's evident that's like there's your start there's your finish or he's not jumping as far so like yeah it is literally a game of inches but and at that level also it becomes like every athlete is like overtrained and stressed like I remember when I stopped running track after my second year university I was like wow man like really I was enjoying training again you know yeah. like I go to the gym I got I gained 35 pounds in the first semester I felt mm-hmm. good I was you know like we were on the track six days a week and, and it's it becomes a stress also I didn't get along with my coach and you know with the injury history and everything like it wasn't like fun anymore you know how do you find though on an, on an athletics team like you're part of a team but how many people are doing your discipline is it a team or is it an individual sport it's yeah that's it's a tricky one for a sprint huh? like everybody wants to be a sprinter and the fastest guys but as much as like your friends because you're training together and everything at the end of the day there's only four guys on the relay team also, right? Yeah. So there definitely is some competition. And like I said, like you try to get back after the injury and stuff, this and that. And it's it's a tough one, man. Yeah. But are you, are, you, are you hitting the track? So you've got your training sessions during the week. Yeah. You're in the gym with the guys and they're doing their weights program for their discipline. But you get out on the track, are you are you by yourself or are you with the guys? Usually, well, let's say normally we'd have, I think, three or five, uh, three or four sessions with the whole team. So like the sprinters in a group of sprinters and jumpers and stuff, uh, long distance runners by themselves, the, the, you know, different coaches and stuff. And then you have two or three days per week, which is tempo runs or active recovery basically. Mm-hmm. And that you go whenever you want. Uh, so let's say the practices with the team would be 5 p.m. on certain days. And then on the other days, you have a workout to do by yourself. It's like homework. And you go whenever, depending on your schedule for school, you know, like, okay, I used to go, there's this girl, she's like, she's a crazy athlete. Uh, she can do any event and stuff. And she's a good friend of mine and stuff. So we used to go around the same time as at 1 p.m., do the, the workout we have to do, like, a couple hundreds or 200 yeah. tempo going 65%. Because I remember when I was in school, I was playing rugby all, all the way through. And at the end of every year, it was a Dublin City... Uh, Athletics meet and all the schools would enter there, whatever. And when you're like under, when you're like 12, 13 years old, nobody knew who was going to what. You just did a little thing in your P in your phys ed class, and then you were okay. You can you go with the high jump guys and you go with the the long jumping. So my dad had been All Ireland champion before the Fosbury flop in athletics, and maybe most in the late 60s, and. Uh, so I had some, and I was a, I was a tall, skinny kid. So I was able to jump over the bar quite quite easily. So I, we went, I went to uh, the um, what you call it to the to the first meet just to get a day off school. Yeah, the like, regional event. Yeah, the Dublin yeah. City just to get a day off school. No, no big deal. All the lads are going. We got on the bus off. We went. I ended up getting. I ended up winning that event. Oh yeah. Around my dad. Oh hey. high jump. No, yeah, high jump. Yeah, it was a. I maybe jumped one meter thirty. Like I jumped over, I jumped onto the mat. Yeah. You know, like I barely <laughs> jumped. But anyway, so the next year came round. 
because I did Lava last year, I went again, I went again. Yeah. But the whole time it was part of the school, so we were going as school friends. Yeah. And then I actually ended up becoming like relatively successful in the, when we were under 16. I went down there and I never trained for it. I yeah. trained maybe one or two, I never really trained, just jumped over the bar in, uh, in the school, had no coaching. And there was one of the years, so you had your Dublin City one, then you had the provincial one, which is like your like your regional. Yeah. And there's only four provinces, so that of those then, winners of those, you went to the national. Yeah. So we ended up winning the All-Ireland at under 16. I jumped 181 or 183, I can't remember, either, either I got one or knocked the other or whatever. But on the day, there was kids with their tape on the ground. Yeah, of course. One, two, three, four, five, six plant jumps, yeah. right? And I was standing there in my hoodie, and the first one I ran was a low height. I ran and jumped up, and I started beside somebody's kit bag. I was like, fine, I'll just do that one again. So the whole time I ran, I jumped. The whole time I ran, I jumped. And ended up, we all knocked the same height. All the guys, are, we all knocked the same height, but on the count back, I had done best in the earlier heights. Yeah. So the guy goes to me, he was reading through the names and he's like, I was an unknown, nobody knew my name. And he's like, Keith Lamali Farrell, gold. And I was like, oh, that's me. I kind of knew once, because at the lower heights in high jump, once somebody knocks it, yeah, they go back. I, I, yeah, they're in a worse position than the guy who gets it on his first attempt. Yeah. So I got all the lower heights in my first attempt. So I kind of knew if this goes down to the wire, I'm ahead of most of these guys. Yeah. You know, and I was kind of watching what was going on and I realized if we all go out on this hype, I'm going to win. So, out we went, up on the podium, gold medal. Somebody contacted me going, okay, like clearly you had no training. You, we were watching you, you were standing by the thing, you were standing by the fence in your hoodie. I just take my hoodie off, ran, jumped, stood back by the fence, and they were all doing their like, some of the guys were doing the slow clap. Yeah. It's like there was, there was moms and dads around the edge of the athletics track and like just having picnics and stuff. And these guys are trying to slow clap the crowd. And uh, she goes, come on down to uh, the university track. We'll take you through, we'll coach you to the... I showed up and there was nobody there, just me and this, this coach. And he was like, okay, so first thing we need to do is get your, uh, get your mark. So what do you want to do? Like, do you want to do seven steps, eight steps, not? I was like, I don't know. So he's taking me through this session and it was probably as boring as this story. It was, <laughs> it was the most boring session I've ever been in. I was like, oh my God, I am, there's nobody here. I had to talk to this guy, so I run, jump, what do I do next? Do you go back? You run and you jump? What else is there to do? Go back over there, run and jump? So, oh my God, forget this, I'm not doing this. So I never went back. Yeah. I never, never went to club proper meet. I only did it as part of the school. I think that's the appeal of sprints though, and it's the appeal of things like the combat sports, where you can't say you were the toughest, or you can't say that yeah. you were just the fastest, and that really sort of means something to a certain extent. Because it's one of the few sports that really kind of transfers over into being a useful thing for daily life. Yeah, like yeah, if you exactly. can run away really, really quick, that's a useful yeah. thing or chase that for someone. But why, why I started, like, because I used to play football also from high school all the way till end of high school, and I was like, yeah, I gotta choose one of the two, like, you know, so, and I remember, like, s soccer, basically, we, like I used to train super hard and like give it my all and like do extra trainings and stuff but some of the guys on the team they had skills but like they wouldn't train as hard you know so then I would improve myself but it wouldn't show on the score because the other guys were not training as hard and didn't put in the time you know yeah whereas for track I was training hard doing the weightlifting and stuff I could see my times improving yeah, all the time yeah, yeah. so that's why I was like all right I'm gonna go for the sprints yeah um Okay, cool. So then from there, how, what, what are you doing now? What kind of, are you doing any sports now? Or? Well, from there also, yeah, that's the thing. So like one of the guys 
uh, I was in university with and used to work with and everything in Montreal. Uh, decided to come to Dubai and start, uh, start a gym, so I came with to help. And uh, after a few years, it didn't work out too well, so yeah, decided to... Yeah, we, we just... We decided yeah. to set up the PTC. Exactly, so we saw there was some potential in Dubai. Let's make it happen, let's make it work. So that's that's where we're at. It's been uh, one year now. It's one year anniversary this week. Yeah, it really is, yeah. Oh, but yeah, um, why, uh, what, what led you down the whole body composition route then? Like what, what sort of uh, sparked that inspiration or that desire? Well, as much as like, obviously, I'm sure we're all a bit like this, like we're, we're athletes, ex-athletes, we like to train athletes, it's all about performance, but, but there's not, especially in this region, there's not that many high-level athletes. Mm. Uh, so I had to adapt a little bit to like, okay, everybody wants to just look good and getting, you know, lose fat, get some muscles, look good on the beach, you know, just walk up and down on the beach. So, uh, so I, I went a bit more towards bodybuilding, which to be honest, like it's, it's, for me, I found it very interesting also because I had been doing performance training my whole life. I was like, oh, okay, it's completely different. There's, you know, drop sets, supersets, all these things. And like, it's the same, I approached this with the same mentality. So like, you know, I, I was w willing to work hard to improve my times or jump higher or whatever. Now I was just like, okay, let's see if I can gain muscle or lose fat, you know? So it's just like, it's fun. Like for me, it's like a game. So, so that's why, and like as a trainer, obviously, People want to look good. They'll look at you like, yeah, okay. They look at your CV, but at the same time, they look, oh, okay, he has good shoulders, a oh, good chest. Yeah, I want to, I want to look like you. Do, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to train with there's you. There's definitely a market for that. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say everyone's like, because uh, you have the older guys who are just interested yeah, yeah. in keeping fit. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's it's definitely a, one of the things on the list that I, that I do think people go for is like, if you're an overweight coach, no, exactly. Who's, yeah, struggling. It's like, hold on, I don't really want to. Yeah. I want to pay you to well that's how I would be personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, for sure, for sure. That's it's part of the uh, the credit credentials. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. So you're training now, are you are you doing any sports or is it just uh, I not competitively like I I wanted to play ball hockey again uh, this fall. I don't know if it's gonna work out with my schedule, but uh, I'm now that the weather's getting a bit better, I'm starting to hit the track again, sprints. Uh, I like to do, it has to do also with with uh, the way people see Coach Nick, you know, yeah. uh, the, the sponsors, the brand, everything, so I'm more into athletic training, uh, a bit of everything, so athletic training, performance, uh, functional stuff, also bodybuilding, looking good, yeah. you know, so like, like I've had people, like uh, there was a guy, I think yesterday, he told me at the gym, oh, it's great, man, like, you're strong and everything, but like, you look good also, you know, it's rare to, you know, so yeah. that's mm. that's kind of like what I'm going for, I guess. Yeah, I think people always have that distinction that uh, the bodybuilders are kind of the big puffed up dudes and the yeah. powerlifters are the fat strong dudes. No, and yeah. there's always this kind of yeah. uh, exclusive, like exclusivity to each of them. The, the idea of being uh, muscular, lean and strong is yeah. like, nah, that can't happen, nah, nah. I think it has to do with, I mean, well, look at sprinters, that's great. Exactly, yeah. That's crazy. Look, look at the size. I mean, what's it? Usain Bolt's quite tall, so he's not great. But like American football players, I've always yeah. wanted to look like some of those guys. Like, man, they can jump super high. They can hit. They, yeah. they do. I don't know how many twenty something reps with like two twenty five. They, yeah. you know, and they look crazy. So like, I've always been like, you know, look, it's possible to do that. And it's almost like I came to this region, and people think like, well, if if you want to do fitness, you have to do bodybuilding or you have to do CrossFit, CrossFit yeah. you know, like, no, there's athletic type training where 
which yeah. makes everything or well, depends what you want. Yeah, I mean, it's just how you find yourself motivated. I mean, like, to talk yeah. a little bit about the men's health core that you did last last summer. What were you training for that? What was the? What? How did you enjoy that? Um, I mean, yeah, it's just I figured when I left uh, the other gym, I wasn't I wasn't too sure exactly uh, what was going to happen the next couple of months. So. You know, I was focusing also on my training. I figured if I look good, it can't hurt for my career. So, uh, and then I probably looked my best last year and best of my life last year, right before Christmas. So I figured I'll do a photo shoot, save some pictures, use them for social media, try to grow my social media and everything, you know, have some good content and then go from there. And then with those pictures and then other photographers saw them through Instagram, like, hey, look, I'll do like a photo shoot with you. Uh, usually I charge people, for you I'll do it for free. Okay, so more and more pictures. And then sponsors saw them. And then, you know, so it's just been like, it's been a fun experience. It's just been, I guess I got lucky with the right people seeing the stuff at the right time. And, you know, just working a bit of PR. But uh, like the men's health, for example, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to be on the cover. Yeah. The idea was to, to approach uh, men's health and to get the company out there, yeah. you know, you just get some exposure, and it just happened. I guess that the editor and back in the states also they they liked what they saw in terms of you know oh, he's a good like mix of you know he's in shape he's not just I wouldn't I don't want to say just a bodybuilder but like he can do a bit of different things also you know he's into fitness so like it just worked out well. And uh, with with the training and the diet and the run up to that, did you do anything different? Like, would, did you sort of take it more as a kind of like a bodybuilder would for say a stage show or a competition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's, yeah, that's what I, I like. Uh, I, I have a lot of respect for for bodybuilders, uh, especially like the ones that know what they're doing. Mm. There's a lot of, there's a lot of science also of science. behind that, you know? Um, some of the stuff I agree, some of the stuff I don't agree, but like in the end, I looked at how they did it. I remember before in December, I talked to a lot of guys who have experience in photo shoots or bodybuilding shows and stuff. Asked them, how do you do this? How do you do that? You know, I got from a couple of people that I knew were like some of the best in Dubai. And then I just tried it and I was like, okay, it's, it's rewarding and stuff. But I was like, oh, I know I can be better. Yeah. So then you try well, So cause I think that's, that's the thing for a lot of people. People usually find it relatively easy to get from, say, 20% uh, or 18% body fat down to like 12, maybe even 10. But yeah. to try and get lean, like really lean, like ripped from like, you know, 10% down to eight or six. Yeah. Like what, what, what did you have to do then? Like you, cause you got down to like 6%, right? Yeah. Six, seven. The, so what was the process? I always find like, I mean, there's, there's obviously the way you eat and you have to try different things. Like I only learned about nutrition a bit more when I moved to Dubai. So when I moved to Dubai, I figured, okay, look, I'm here to work and to train hard. So I looked into the training and nutrition a bit more. My friend Alex, who came here with me to Dubai, he, he was all about nutrition. So I learned a lot of stuff from him also. Tried some stuff, didn't work, like some stuff that worked better, uh, some, some supplements, this and that. Like, and in the end, I found like some stuff that works for me. Mm. You know, the way, for example, just to give an, a, an idea, like I'll, if I want to get lean, usually I'll, I'll eat a lot of protein and good fats especially in the mornings, and then try to keep the carbs uh, to only around the workouts. Again, depending on what my aim is, you know, so like if it's more performance or just to look good, but if it's just to get ripped, I'll, I'll 
cut the carbs a bit more, mm. a bit more cardio and conditioning. Well, what carbs like specifically? Because that, that's one question that always gets cut. Like I say, oh yeah, I eat carbs around the workout. People are like, yeah. what? Like specifically what? Like can I eat sweet potato or potato? And yeah, like, what does know, that look like on my yeah. place or on yeah. the shelf in the shop? I'm a, I'm a big believer in anything for the food anyways. It has to be as natural as possible. Mm. So like if... You know, it's. I guess it's the whole like when I tried paleo, it worked. It worked well for me. But like that whole mentality of, if if you can find it in nature or something like whatever it was alive or fruits or yeah. vegetables, then your body's made for that. Whereas if if you find it in a box that's going to be on your shelf for weeks or months, there's probably some stuff in there that shouldn't like that yeah. you shouldn't eat. You know, so like for carbs, for example, uh, I'll stick. I'll stick to like rice. Potatoes, sweet potatoes, uh, oatmeal. But for example, see, as I get closer to the shoot, oatmeal, I know it bloats me a little bit. Yeah. So I'll try to stay away from that. Um, so it's just like trying different things. And like, um, like if you follow me on social media, you'll see that I always get people uh, commenting about my breakfast. Mm. You've seen all like, it's uh, salmon, <laughs> salmon or steak and nuts. Just the fish. You know, and like to me, I guess it's that athlete mentality where I don't, I don't care what, how it tastes at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. What I know, what I do know is I'm ready to eat anything that's going to make me look good or perform better. You know? I think that, that's the biggest thing that, that blocks people from getting lean. Is they, they can't get yeah. their heads around eating fish at 5 a.m. Yeah, exactly. Almost to the extent that it's like, I, I want this still to happen, but I just I cannot get past the fact that I have to do this. And therefore, I just won't. Or I try and find some yeah, excuse exactly. to get around it. I can't keep eating eggs. Yeah. yeah. So that's the mentality that I want to say to get... To get under 10% or to get ripped, I find, or even to get in shape, it has to do a lot with the mentality, how people approach the things. Mm. Like I see too many people in the gym, they start training and then like, just because they did 15 reps, three sets of 15, oh, okay, I should be getting results. Yeah. Okay, was it was it heavy enough? Was it 15th really hard? Was it burning? Were you sweating? Yeah. Did you, know? you actually contract the muscle you're Exactly, yeah. So like, that's what makes a difference. Like you'll see people that have, I call it the athlete, athlete mentality, they'll, You'll see the pain in their face, you know, like they're going through it, like ah, oh, like those last reps, they're they're yeah. dying, and then like me, like every time I finish my set, you see, boom, I put the timer on. Okay, it's yeah, that's key. That's crucial. Minute, like, minute and a half. Time. Yeah, exactly. Depending on like what exactly I'm, yeah. I'm aiming for. Okay, time's up. Let's go again. You know, yeah. oh, I'm dying. I'm dying. <laughs> and then like when it's time to eat, I I know exactly like I'm eating this because of certain reasons, you know. Like you see, okay, I'm eating those pancakes and stuff right now, maple syrup after the workouts. Yeah, because I just trained for an hour and a half, almost two hours. I killed it. I need to like restore my glycogen storage, all these things. And like, and after that, next meal is going to have more protein and all that stuff, you know. But there's, I'm not just having random like pancakes yeah. with maple syrup middle of the night, you know. That, like, that's the key. We just said there, like, it's not random. I think when people see that, maybe they look at your yeah. Instagram and see pancakes, it's like, what? No, he's eating pancakes and stuff. So if I get really shape, I can just eat pancakes yeah, all the time. No. It's like, no, no, there's like a rationale yeah, to it. I mean, yeah, yeah. Just talk briefly while we have it about your food allergy. My food allergy? Yeah. Those the nuts. nuts and peanuts. And you die almost once a month. <laughs> <laughs> I hope my mom doesn't listen to this. Hi, <laughs> um, mom. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I've always had it. So what wait, is it. Wait, what nuts do you eat in the morning? Oh, okay, so I can have, I'm allergic to nuts and peanuts, everything really bad, except for almonds and hazelnuts. So I can have Nutella. I can right, have, all, the, all the key ones. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, almonds and hazelnuts, I, I can. So that's why anyways, you know, the, the, the big steak and nuts breakfast? Yeah, yeah. You can have different nuts, but almonds works also, right? A lot of good fats and stuff there, so. The steak and nuts, uh, 
breakfast was like a revelation to me. Like, I, cause I remember hearing obviously Charles Poliquin talk about it first uh, when he starts talking about like the neurotransmitters yeah. that get manipulated and how by having some sort of red meat and uh, some sort of nuts, you kind of stimulate the acetylcholine and yeah. all that throughout the day. And I tried it, um, and do you know what? There's definitely something to it. Like some, yeah. maybe not so much the nuts bit. I don't know about that, but certainly the meat. Like just some sort of yeah. wild meat, um, particularly fish. Like I, I start eating like a can of sardines every morning. Oh, yeah. I squirt some lemon on it and some salt and uh, with some eggs. Yeah, that like you need the lemon because that tastes rank, yeah. and that's a bit of a struggle. Well, also, there are kind of sardines that stays on the shelf for a few months, right? Ah, these are wild though. These are wild. Covered in Yeah, I've been gone out that morning. And, <laughs> Okay, cool. Right, well, I think we're running out of time on this, so we'll have to wrap up. Um, what's your Instagram thing that people can get you on? Uh, Coach Nick. At Coach Nick. What is it? Yeah, at Coach Nick, no K. So Coach N-I-C. And it's the French Nick. PTC. Yeah. <laughs> mm, you're on Facebook as well as at Coach Nick as well, isn't it? Yeah. Or it's Coach Nick. Coach. Anyway, you got him through the, uh, the, the PTC uh, page. Yeah. All right, well, yeah, like I was saying, uh, we'll get you on again. When, uh, when we've got more news to talk about. Um, cheers for coming in. Thank you. Matt, do you have anything to add? Nope, all good. All right, cool. Okay, guys, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see you again very soon. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.